podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And folks, the focus shifts to tomorrow at 3pm when Liverpool take on Brighton and Hove Albion. Should be a very good game. Brighton have made a really good start to this Premier League campaign. But it must be said, their form has fallen off. They're currently fifth in the league, but they have no wins in the last four games in the Premier League. They also went out of the EFL Cup during the week to Leicester City on penalties. Lost last weekend to Manchester City. Lost the weekend before... Sorry, drew the weekend before with Norwich. A nil-nil draw at Norwich. Disappointing result. More disappointing was the performance by Brighton. Very lucky to get out of there with a draw. Josh Sargent had a great chance to win the game for Norwich and fluffed his lines. Drew nil-nil with Arsenal. They were the better team in that game, there's no doubt. And a 1-1 draw away to Crystal Palace. A game in which they were comprehensively outplayed and managed to get a late goal to get the draw. Now, prior to that, they had been playing very well and the results had been going in their favour. But 15 points from their first nine games is a good return from them. They're six points behind us at the moment. They've got one of the better defensive records in the league. Only Liverpool, Manchester City and Chelsea have conceded less goals. But they have only scored nine goals. And the only teams that have scored less, Southampton, Leeds, Burnley and Norwich. So they're not a big goal threat. They do have some dangerous players in attack. Neil Mope and Leandro Trossard. We know they're good players. We've seen what they can do in the past. They have some talent in midfield. The wingbacks are dangerous. If it's Lamptey and Cucurella, they're both very, very good. Both very dangerous going forward. So you need to be wary of those two. Central midfield depends. In Yves Basuma, they have a really good player. A player that has been linked to Liverpool in the past. A player that I think a lot of us would have very happily taken as a summer signing. As a replacement for Ginny Wijnaldum. He has been out of the team recently dealing with some legal issues. But he is back back on the bench of late and did come on against uh, Leicester in midweek. So he could be in contention to start. The midfield has been a weak area for them recently with Pascal Gross, Adam Lallana and Jakob Moder playing. Then Moder's a good young player, Polish international, shows a lot of promise. But the other two are very, very soft for, for central midfield in the Premier League. Neither of them really willing to throw themselves into a tackle. Neither of them really going to take the ball off the opposition very, very regularly. Good players on the ball, but infrequently. So... You would fancy Liverpool to control the game in the middle of the park. You would fancy that the physicality and the talent that Liverpool have in midfield will be too much for them. At the back, they play a back three. Now, Adam Webster's missed a lot of the season. He is back, but he may not be ready to start. So it could well be Dan Byrne on the left of the back three, and Mo Salah has had his way with him before. Lewis Dunk in the central role. We know he's a good player. But he is a little bit slow and is a little bit uh, suspect when he's turned and has to face his own goal. And the right-sided role could be Shane Duffy, could be Joel Veltman, could even be Webster if they keep Dan Byrne in the left-sided role. Webster is the best of the group after Dunk and he's the best ball player of the group. 
But they only really have two good centre-backs in Webster and Dunk. The rest are... I mean, Dan Byrne spent a lot of his Premier League career playing as a left-back, despite being six foot seven. He's not as dominant in the air as you would want someone of his size to be. He's not as physical as you would want someone of his size to be. Shane Duffy is a good championship defender, has had his moments in the Premier League without doubt. But Brighton sent him on loan to Celtic last year because they didn't want him around. They didn't feel he was good enough to play in their system. He has started this season well, though recently he's looked a bit shakier. And Veltman's a decent player. And to be fair, right of a back three is his natural position. It's just that since landing at Brighton, he hasn't gotten to play there a whole bunch because Ben White was there last season and he ended up having to play left wing back when Tariq Lamptey got injured. So he hasn't really had a settled run in the back three. You don't really want to be trying to settle in against a team like Liverpool. Liverpool have played Brighton 33 times in total. 19 wins, 9 draws and 5 defeats. Brighton came up into the Premier League in 2017. And Liverpool rattled off 6 straight wins against them. Winning both games in 17-18, 18-19 and 19-20. Now last season was different. A 1-1 draw at Brighton. And Brighton won 1-0 at Anfield. So they took advantage of us last year. That was during the period where Liverpool were suffering from serious injuries and were going through a very, very bad spell, losing six games in a row at home. So at Anfield this Saturday, we do owe them. We do owe them a beating. Um, They've gotten a lot better under Graham Potter when Chris Hewton was the manager we put five past them down at their place with a back three of Emre Chan, Dejan Lovren and Ginny Wijnaldum, none of whom are central defenders in the Premier League. Uh, we beat them 4-0 at Anfield. Um, but the last two seasons, sorry, the last three seasons, 1-1, sorry, 1-0, 1-0, 2-1, 3-1, and then 1-1 and uh, a 1-0 defeat last year. So they have gotten better against us. We'd still fancy Liverpool to win this game, especially considering the form that Liverpool are in. Now, Jurgen Klopp has given his press conference already. And there is good news on the injury front. Naby Keita looks good. We are all surprised, but he was obviously lucky. So I think he will be ready. That is great news that Naby is okay and can hopefully keep his place in the team and keep going with the great form we've seen from him this season Atletico Madrid away, obviously, being the exception to that. Uh, Thiago trained for the first time yesterday, and we did a session where he could be part of pretty much the whole session. But it doesn't mean he's ready to play a game of football, unfortunately. We will see what we do with him, but he is much closer than he was last week. So, in all likelihood, Thiago may make the bench, but likely won't start. He may be ready for the bench against Atleti, and hopefully West Ham next weekend is the game that we see the return of Mr. Alcantara. Fabinho is not back in training yet, and Klopp said it does not look good, a bit more complicated. Not too complicated, but complicated enough to keep him out again, probably. I still wait for the last news, but he's not in team training yet, and that means it's never a good sign. Uh, Jürgen not really giving much away at all. I wouldn't expect Fabinho to start this game regardless because if he is fit, I think the game they'll want him for is Atleti during the week. 
So we could well have a Naby Keita, Jordan Henderson, Curtis Jones midfield for this one. Would seem like the likely three to go with the three that played a substantial part of the 5-0 walloping of Manchester United. Again, just in case you missed that result, it was Liverpool 5. That's 5. One more than 4. 5. Manchester United nil at Old Trafford. A game in which Mo Salah scored a hat-trick. Mo Salah and Naby Keita ran amok. Paul Pogba was on the pitch for 15 minutes, coughed up the ball for a goal and then got himself sent off. It was a joyous day. It was even more joyous by the fact that Liverpool played keep ball for the last half hour. And Jurgen Klopp has come out today and he said, we need to play better. We could have done more. Which is just rubbing salt in the wounds of all Manchester United fans. Which it, It's great to see. You really want to lean into it. When you've done what Liverpool did to United at Old Trafford last weekend, you really do want to just you know, sit down, tuck your napkin in, get your knife and fork sharpened and, and really just dig into it. Because the last 30 minutes was basically Liverpool playing, playing at a training pace and United having absolutely no answer and no way to get the ball back knowing that if at any moment Liverpool just got the notion in their head that six sounded nicer than five, they could score with ease. It would have been wonderful. There's part of me that wishes we had and we'd won eight or nine nil, which is not outside the realms of possibility, such was the gulf between the teams. But at the same time, to embarrass them, to have them know that we could have scored at any time, to have them... For their fans to stream out of the stadium, look back as, they, as they're about to head down the stairs and see our lads knocking the ball around with ease and their lads lumbering around the pitch. Wonderful, wonderful times. Uh, to jump around the main Liverpool websites, obviously this is Anfield has heavy pre-match coverage. So do make do make sure to check that out. They've also got um, some more comments on from Jürgen's press conference. Obviously, the the midfielders, Jürgen answered questions about the central defenders. There's been some speculation about Joe Gomez. And obviously, it's nonsense. It is absolute nonsense. Um, Klopp wants the right understanding at Anfield. Packed crowd. He understands that the fans are going to play a big part. This is not a game where we dominate our opponent or something like that. They will have their moments and that's not to avoid. And that says everything about the quality. He wants Liverpool to be aware that Brighton are a good team. They're not coming to Anfield just to roll over. Uh, some comments about Adam Lalana. I miss Adam still, to be honest. He set the standard from the press from the first day to last. Very complimentary words, but a player who con- contributed very, very little in Jurgen Klopp's time at Liverpool. Three good months and away he went. Um, no need to labour on that anymore. We'll move on to Liverpool.com, where again, there's some pre-match coverage. Uh, suggestion that Liverpool could potentially look to bring in Lorenzo Insigne on a free. I don't think that's a deal they'll consider. Um, Mo Salah contract deadline set. 
as club director confirms Liverpool interest in £120 million man. Uh, I believe this is the, the £120 million man is, is Jude Bellingham. €120 Euro is the fee, uh, which it won't be. It will be less. It will be less whenever he moves on. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com, there is an article entitled Momentum is Key from Stephen Smith. Make sure you give that one a read. And on the podcast side of things, two new pods out yesterday. One that I didn't know about. Obviously, AI Scouted came out, which I did know about. But I told you about that one yesterday. And I told you about Mulby on the spot. Entitled Bungalow, uh, Trev and Jan. Absolutely the best around. Make sure you give that one a, list, a listen. There is also a new Scouser Tommy's. Jim and Jay stealthily putting a podcast together and getting it forward. Didn't know that one was coming out, but out it is, and it is very, very entertaining. So make sure you give that one a listen. There is also an article on the site entitled, We Need to Talk About Divock Origi. And this is from one Sam McGuire. So do make sure to give that one a read as well. There is a, an Anfield Index podcast, the main podcast on the free side, due to be recorded, we think, tonight. But these things are a little bit, you know, as and when. Um, so that, if it's re- recorded tonight, it will be released tonight. So make sure you give that one a listen when it comes out. Uh, there will be a Gags Tandon show after the Brighton game. There will also be post-match Raw which is myself, Trev Downey, and Carol Matchett. So be sure to give those a listen when the time comes. Other than that, folks, enjoy your weekend. Don't do anything too strenuous. Just get ready to enjoy what will hopefully be another Reds win against a guy who, in fairness, is probably on a list somewhere in Michael Edwards' office, or whoever is occupying that office these days. I don't know if Edwards is around much, considering he is rumoured to be leaving at the end of the season. But I would imagine Graham Potter is on a list of people that they are keeping a close eye on to replace Jurgen Klopp, given the work he's done at Brighton, and given what he did previously uh, with Ostersund and Swansea. I, I would imagine he will be on the list as someone that has impressed, plays a good brand of football, Defensively, his teams are very good. The only issue he's had is scoring goals, and that's largely down to not having a number nine. Now, if you look at his win-loss record, it won't impress you at all. 28.9% win percentage, which isn't great. (laughs) Admittedly, it's not great. But when you dig a little deeper in, the underlying numbers for Brighton are very, very impressive. They're a top-half team if they could score the goals. That's where the issue lies. They could score goals at an average rate in the Premier League. They'd easily be a top half team, and he makes it work with fairly average defenders, fairly average midfielders, fairly average attackers. There's good players, obviously, like I said, Mope, Trossard, Lamptey, Cucurella, Basuma, Dunk, Webster, but the rest is patched together. He hasn't had a good goalkeeper there. I think the goalkeeper is the big weakness in the team right now. I think he'll be one we'll look to target. So, fingers crossed, another Liverpool win is on the way. And that would obviously keep us right there in that mix in the title race. We're one point behind Chelsea. 
Chelsea this weekend playing Newcastle. You would expect that Chelsea will win that game. Manchester City are a point behind Liverpool. They play Crystal Palace again, even though Palace are much improved. You would expect that they will win that game. I think the other game we should all be watching, keeping our fingers crossed for this weekend, is Tottenham-Manchester United. Because obviously, we want a Manchester United win. We want the Ollie turnaround. Beat Spurs, get a good result against Atalanta in the Champions League midweek. Go out and park the bus against City and scab your way to a draw. Head into that international break, reinvigorated. Ollie's at the wheel. And he's got all of Liverpool right in his corner. I'll see you Monday, folks. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.